allergies. This morning, we're kicking off a series. Those are some good allergies. (laughs) We're kicking off a series called the Original Christmas Cast. And uh, (coughs) we we just wanted to go back. We wanted to go back, and we wanted to take you back to the original Christmas message. How many know, you know, we we can have a lot of fun with the Christmas message. Last year, we did. we, we, We... did a play off Ebenezer Scrooge, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, the ghost of Christmas future. You can have a lot of fun with Christmas series, but this, this year we just felt like we want to go back and because the original Christmas story, man, that's, that's good enough in and of itself. There's, there, there's power in the story. And so over this month till leading up through Christmas, uh, we're going to be just kind of taking you back to the original Christmas cast. And we're going to be talking about some, uh, some, some characters in that story. And this morning, uh, oh, goodness. This morning, I want to talk about Mary. I want to go back and I want to look at the story of Mary. I guess that game yesterday made me more emotional than I thought. I'm sorry. Uh, But I want to talk about Mary. And I want want us to go back and look at her life. Because a miracle happened in Mary's life over 2,000 years ago. And I'm praying that same miracle happens in every one of us this morning. Now, before you ladies stone me, I'm not talking about pregnancy. I'm, I'm talking in the spiritual sense. Yeah. There was something that happened in Mary that I, I want to happen in all of us throughout this Christmas season. There was a miracle that was conceived in Mary. There was a miracle that was carried by Mary. And there was a miracle that was delivered by Mary to this world. And I believe this story. Yes. I believe with all my heart. Yes. I believe that Jesus was born to a virgin Mary. If you believe that, yes. say amen. amen. I, I believe that that is obviously fact. That is obviously true, that Jesus was born to the Virgin Mary. But I also, as we start studying this out, I believe that this also has a symbolic meaning to it as well. Because I'm wondering, is God's desire for us to have a miracle conceived in all of us, for that miracle to grow in all of us, and then for that miracle to be delivered to the world around us? And so if you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1. And in Luke chapter 1 is where we'll be, beginning at verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. We'll have it up there on the screen. <coughs> this is how the New King James. It says, now in the sixth month. Now let me just pause right there and tell you. In, in, we're talking about uh, Mary's cousin Elizabeth here, okay? In the sixth month of her pregnancy, okay? So remember Elizabeth? Elizabeth was... Uh, with child, anyone remember who she was with child with? John the Baptist, she was carrying John the Baptist. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, 
Uh, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man, that means engaged to a man, whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, I want to pause right here. And I want to make an observation right here. And it's an obvious observation. I know that. Because when we say it, you're going to look at me and go, well, duh. Right? But it's an obvious observation, but I, I think it needs to be said. I feel compelled to say this this morning. The angel goes to a specific region, a specific city, a specific house, a specific room, and delivers a specific message to a specific person. Here's the observation, but I think we all need to hear this. God knows right where you are. God knows where you live. Now, can you imagine if the angel goes into a room, probably dark, maybe at night, and makes this announcement, blessed are you, you're highly favored, you're gonna have a son, and all of a sudden he hears in a deep voice, uh, my name's not Mary, (laughs) my name's Harry. You're looking for Mary, Mary's, her and her family moved four blocks down, moved about two months ago, right? But you don't hear that. That's not the story here because God knows where you live. Now, some of us, we probably use a type of app at some point like Google Earth or Google Maps. And in Google Earth, you can type in your address and it zooms in all the way down on your house. How many of you have ever seen this? It zooms in all the way down on your house. Listen, God's more amazing than Google. God knows right where you live. And sometimes at Christmas especially, we need to be reminded of that because the enemy comes to tell us that God has forgotten you. God has, has, has forgotten his plan. God's forgotten his dream. God's forgotten his hope for you. God's just left you out there to dry. But I came to let you know this morning, God's not forgotten you. And in fact, this very morning, he wants to conceive a miracle in your life. He knows right where you're at. So let's keep reading. <laughs> Verse 30 says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Now let's pause right here. And if you're taking notes, this is just kind of point number one, the conceiving of the miracle. The conceiving of the miracle. What did Mary have to do for the miracle to be conceived in her life? And many people will say, well, Mary didn't have to do nothing, but that's not right. That's incorrect. It says, we keep reading. Let's keep reading. Verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? She's talking about intimately. Okay, she never slept with a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary makes a huge statement here. When Mary says, Let it be to me according to your word, In other words, when God speaks a word to you, you've got to receive that word by faith. You've got to receive it by faith. You've got to choose, are you going to believe that word or not? And it's a very human response to respond the way Mary did at first. 
Mary's first response was, Lord, how can this be? I've never even been with a man. Okay, I've never laid with a man. I've never slept with a man. How can this be? Think about when you receive a doctor's report. Think about when you receive a bad report. Think about when someone says a word about you. They, they're spreading something around about you that just isn't true. And, and you just kind of throw up your hands and you go, Lord, how can this be? And God gives you a word. And that word is, hey, be at peace. Be at peace. And then you've got to hear the next word. You've got to hear the verse 37 word. Because the verse 37 word of this chapter says, for with God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. And then we've got to respond the same way Mary did. When Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. You've got to make a choice. And this morning, some of us, we need to make a choice. Are we going to believe what God has declared over our life? Are we going to believe what God has said over our marriage? Are we believe what God's going to say over our family? Are we going to believe what God's speaking over our finances? Are we going to believe what God's speaking over our personal relationship with him? Are we going to choose to believe or are we going to walk away in unbelief? We've got a choice to make. And if we will grab hold of this like Mary did, when Mary says, be it to me according to thy word, if you'll do that, the miracle will not only be conceived in your life, but the miracle will begin to grow in your life. Hallelujah. Some of you say, well, Pastor Jared, if an angel showed up in my room, I think I might believe too. Well, let's talk about angels for just a second here. Because I want to explain a little bit about angels. The Greek word angel is the word angelos. It's spelled the exact same way as angel, but with an O-S on the end, okay? And if you study that out, it simply means messenger, messenger. For you see, the power is not in the angel. The power is in the message. The power is in the word that the angel is carrying. Go and read Revelation when it talks about some awesome angels that will show up here on tribulation, some awesome angels that will show up in the last day. Go, go and read the book of Revelation. You will find that the power is not that God has made the angel powerful, but the power is made in the word that the angel is carrying. The angel is carrying a word from God. And so this word angel simply means messenger. In fact, if you go to the New Testament and you study, remember Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3 when we talk about the seven churches? And, and uh, there's seven letters that are written to the seven churches, the church at Tatira, the church at Laodicea, the church at Philadelphia, Smyrna, you know, Pergamum, all, all these different churches. And remember how each one of those letters starts off? It starts off like this, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, to the angel of the church of Tatira, to the angel of the church of Pergamum, right? And so the, the letters start off to the angel. You study that out, that, word, that, that angel is literally the word messenger. Who was, who was John writing those letters to? He was writing those letters to the senior pastor of those congregations. So if you take that, this is our angel. Amen. This is our angel. Yeah. I'm trying, Pastor. I'm trying. I hear too. Amen. <laughs> this is our angel. There's three. We'll get this side. I'm going to get them all before we move on. Hallelujah. This is our angel. Yes. So come on, yes. I don't even want to think about what Sherry's thinking right now. <laughs> so, if, so, listen, I know all pastors aren't angels, Amen. but ours is. Yeah. This is our angel. 
So here's my point. God wants to speak a word to you. He wants to conceive a miracle in your life, but don't get caught up in how it comes. Now, I want to do something. I want to do something. I really enjoy doing this. Now, I want you to turn to the person beside you. Turn to the person beside you. I want you to look them right in the eye. There's no one beside you. I want you to look across. Look at somebody. Find somebody. Everybody got somebody to look at? Look right in their googly eyes. And I want you to say this. I want you to repeat this after me, okay? Say this. God wants to get you pregnant. There are husbands who are falling out in the spirit right now. God wants to get you pregnant. Why do we say that? Because you'll never forget that. You'll never forget that. God wants to conceive a miracle in you. Y'all come on, somebody. God wants to conceive a miracle. Some of the men is like, I still can't buy into that. I don't know about that. God wants to conceive a miracle in you. Here's number two. Not only the conception of the miracle, but the carrying of the miracle. Let's talk about this. Because we talk a lot about the virgin birth. We talk a lot about the birth of Christ. But we don't talk a whole lot about the pregnancy of Mary, do we? Not a whole lot said about the pregnancy. But from the time of the conception... Until the time the miracle is conceived, okay, until the time that the miracle is complete, there's a carrying period. How many men in this place remember that carrying period with your wife? That's when you, you literally carried. <laughs> you, 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 you concealed and carried. You had to to survive, right? And so there's a carrying period here. So in this carrying period, from conception to complete, this carrying period in between, what did Mary do? We'll go to verse 39. It says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe, remember who that was, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we know from other passages that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit while in the womb. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth talking to Mary. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Now that right there, let's, let me just hit that. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. A lot of people take that out of context. And this is where a lot of people believe that we are to go back and just as we worship Jesus, we're to worship Mary. But listen, you go back and you study this where it says all generations will call me blessed. This word blessed literally means literally, literally means happy. Literally means happy. God does not want us to go and worship Mary. Okay? 
Uh, we're not to worship Mary. But yet I think we need to esteem her maybe a little higher than what we have in years gone by. Come on, somebody. And so uh, uh, I want you to notice a couple of things that Mary did here, okay? If you're going to carry a miracle, what did Mary do? Well, Mary, first of all, she got around another miracle carrier. She got around another miracle carrier. Oh, this is good. You have to remember that Mary's story was not believable, okay? You have to remember that. You know, okay, Mary, tell me again. How did you get pregnant? And Mary says, well, the Holy Spirit came upon me. Well, that's what Jim's wife said too. Twice. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on. Mary's story is not a believable story. And the problem with this is you know there were negative people around her saying, Mary, if you'll just come clean and repent, okay? If you'll just come clean, we know, you know, nothing like that happens without being with a man. If you'll just come clean and repent, come back to the temple, make a sacrifice, make an offering, repent, God will take care of it, Mary. Just, just come on, somebody. Yeah. You know, there, there's those negative people around. Mary, if you'll just come clean. Right. And so the first thing Mary does, when that which is conceived in her, she begins to carry it. She gets around someone who's also had a miracle conceived in her. Remember Elizabeth? Elizabeth and John the Baptist, the baby she's carrying? Elizabeth was barren, but yet God come upon her and God made, made her fruitful in her old age. Come on, somebody. Yes. How many you want that blessing this morning? Amen. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no women raise their hand. No women. But Elizabeth encourages her. Elizabeth gets around Mary and she, she says, Mary, you're blessed and you're highly favored. And Elizabeth begins to speak life into Mary. And I'm telling you, if you want to birth a miracle in your life, if you're going to carry that miracle in your life, you better get around other people who have birthed miracles in their life too. You better get around people that encourage you. You better get around people who uphold you. You better get around people who give you strength, who will speak the word of God into your life. Then we read that Mary magnified the Lord. Now think about what magnifying does. What, what does a magnifying glass do? It makes something larger. Yes. In every situation in life, you're going to have a choice. There's going to be circumstances that seem large or your God that seems large. And you, you, you've got a choice to make either the circumstances larger or God larger. Now listen, you cannot make God larger than he already is. But you can make your view of him larger. Okay? And so you've got a choice to either make your circumstances larger or your God larger. When something goes wrong, what, you will, what will win will be what you focus on. That's what a magnifying glass does. It brings into focus. It makes something larger. And if you dwell on everything that's going wrong in your life and you dwell on every negative thing in your life, that will become larger. Okay? This week, man, I really have had an attack of the enemy upon my body. And I, I, I you, know, and, you know, I'll be honest, I don't believe there's a devil behind every bush to rebuke. You got a flat tire, you know, we wake up one day and you got a flat tire, you probably ran over a nail, right? Yes. You yes. run out of gas on 412 and you're like, Dad, gum, that enemy. And I, no, you forgot to put gas in your car, right. Right? right? So, you know, sometimes the enemy gets too much credit for our stupidity. Oh, come on, somebody. Right. That's a whole other sermon in itself. <laughs> Where was I going with this? 
I better make sure. Oh, so, but, <laughs> that's right. This past week, uh, speaking at the men's conference on Friday night, Wednesday night at the Rock, and then knowing this weekend here at Elm Grove. On Monday, I woke up, and Monday, I, I felt like junk. Monday, in fact, I felt so much like junk, I went and got a shot. That's how junky I felt. Okay? Jared does not do shots. Never, ever. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. Sing it, Taylor Swift. We're never doing it. And so we, I, on Monday, couldn't take it anymore. Went and got a shot. Sister Sherry always tells me, you need to go get a shot. You'll get over that. You'll need to go get a shot. For two years I've been here. For two years I've stayed away. Finally, I have felt the wrath of Dr. Duffy. Right? So I went in, got a shot. You know, it's all, there's a whole story to that. We ain't got time. That's a whole nother bucket of chicken. Okay? And so, but um, in, in, in that, you know, just feeling like junk, feeling like junk, feeling like junk. Tuesday, Wednesday, feeling like junk. Thursday, you know, getting a little bit better, still feeling like junk. And so finally Thursday night, I'm, I'm, uh, the kids are in bed, Jenny's in bed, everyone's, you know, they're off, uh, you know, uh, uh, dreaming about what an awesome husband and father I am. And as they're asleep, I'm, I'm in the front room, and I just turn on some praise and worship, and I say, God, we've got too much business to take care of these next few days for me to feel like this. And so I open up the Word of God, and I begin to find some scriptures in the Word of God that I begin to confess over myself. Should have done this before I ever went to the doctor. Come on, somebody. You know, Jesus is that last resort. Oh, I'm talking to a bunch of holy people. Okay. All right. So on Thursday, Thursday night, late, I'm sitting there, open up the Word, I start declaring the Word over my life. Turn on some praise and worship. Me and Chris Tomlin and Hillsong and Passion and Jesus Culture, man, we just have a praise and worship session there in my front room. And I'm telling you, after about two hours of this, just two hours, and it seemed like it went like that. I looked up, and it's 2.30 in the morning. After about two hours of this, there was something, because in that two hours, I began to magnify Jesus in my life. And Jesus had become bigger than any circumstance and situation in my life. And in that two hours, Jesus did something in my body, did something in my heart, did something in my life, that, man, things began to look up. And I went to bed that night knowing I've got a word from God that I'm going to deliver this weekend to people who want to hear a word. Okay? And, and so I just want to encourage you. You've got to begin to magnify the light like, 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 like Mary did. She magnified the Lord. God in me was so big that night, my circumstances couldn't stay in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. So I just want to encourage you. There is something about carrying this miracle. Yes. And, and yes. The, the, there's, it's not only that, but there's something about the, the, the manner in which you carry it. Oh, come on, somebody. Now we're about to get good. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk, what? Worthy of the calling of which you were called. Galatians four nineteen. My little children from whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Now, in the same way, in the natural, that a woman who is carrying a baby does things differently than if she's not carrying another life. A woman who is carrying a baby, she eats differently, doesn't she? Yes. 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 Some of y'all are like, I'm sitting beside Pookie right now. I ain't saying a word, right? 
But pastor, after service, I will tell you, she ate me out of house and home, right? A woman who is pregnant will eat differently. I remember when Jenny was pregnant with JD. We lived in Medford. We were pastoring our first church. We were 21 years old. You know, we knew everything about life at that point, right? And at 21 years, we're pastoring our first church, pregnant with JD. Jenny didn't like hot food. She didn't like spicy food. We got pregnant with JD, and all of a sudden, Jenny, the only thing she wanted was hot wings from the convenience store in Medford, which the convenience store was also the tire replacement shop, the hair shop, the nail shop, the, you know, the post office, you know, everything, the pizza hut, you know, everything was in that convenience store. And she suddenly, she just wanted hot wings. Every night, I, I want some hot wings. Give me some hot wings. I'm like, who are you? And I love you. Stay pregnant forever, right? But a woman who is pregnant eats differently. A woman who's pregnant is protective of what she does. A woman who is pregnant is protective of where she goes. A woman who is pregnant is protective of her stomach. Have you ever seen a woman who's pregnant? They walk around like this, don't they? Sometimes. Let me throw that in there just for my safety purposes. Sometimes they walk around like this and you'll find them just, you know, they even take pictures like this. You know, I don't know what that's about. I took a picture like that once. People thought it was sick. Took my shirt off, threw my hands right there, post. <laughs> Doug, don't be laughing at me. Don't be laughing at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but a woman's pregnant, she'll walk around, she'll hold her belly, she'll rub her belly, right? right. <laughs> us cloud men, we do the same thing after eating at the buffet, yes. right? You know it's good when us cloud men are walking out going, oh, yeah, right? Come on, somebody. But they walk differently. They sit differently. They rise differently. (laughs) Moving on. But it's a natural thing because they're growing a life inside of them. A woman who is pregnant is always aware that she is carrying another life form within her. Oh, come on. Could we as believers, just like an expectant mom, be aware that we're carrying someone else's life inside of us as well? Could we as believers be aware that we're carrying the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that he is growing inside of us and there needs to be something different about the way we walk and the way we talk and the things we eat spiritually and the way we live. There needs to be something different about the things that we do and the places we go. Why? Because we're carrying a brand new life form inside of us too and his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. (laughs) So there's the caring of the miracle. Let's get away from pregnant mamas, right? There's caring of the miracle. And then finally, there's the completion of the miracle. The conception, the caring, and the completion, the delivery. (coughs) In Luke chapter 2, verse 6, it says, So it was that while they were there, The days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I know we're we're going to wrap up here in just a few moments. I know this is a wonderful story to us because this is the Christmas story. 
But if you really think about it, it really wasn't that wonderful to Mary. Mary had to make a long journey, nine months pregnant. Then her baby's coming. And oh, Joe, he forgot to book a hotel on Expedia.com. He got there and there's no room. So now they're in a cave, and I know we, we hear a lot about being in a stable or a barn, you know. My mom used to say, Jared, shut the door. Was you born in a barn? I'd say, yeah, and so was Jesus, and I'm trying to be just like him, right? And then I was slain in the spirit right after that. I saw the light. I saw, come on, somebody. But they're in a cave. This is where Jesus is born, if you really look at it. They're in a cave. And she delivers her miracle in a cave. And then she lays him, you know, and we call it a manger. The Bible refers to it as a manger because it just, you know, makes it seem better. But what's a manger? It's a feeding trough. It's a feeding trough. So she puts him in a feeding trough. And here's what I'm saying. Even when the miracle comes, it might not come like you think. Right. Eight days later, they go to the temple to dedicate Jesus because the law forbade Mary to, to, to go anywhere for seven days after birth. That's why circumcision and all that thing took place eight days after birth. So on the eighth day, she goes to the temple, she and Joseph. And there's a prophet there, and his name's Simeon. And the prophet prophesies over Jesus. And then the prophet turns to Mary. And the prophet prophesies over Mary too. Check out the prophecy. Check it out. A sword is going to pierce your soul. Thank you. (laughs) What a prophecy. That's like telling me, Jared, you will eat greens for the rest of your life. With no salad dressing. Mary, a sword, a sword. Man, I'm from southeast Oklahoma. I can't say that. A sword is going to pierce your soul. Now think about that. That's not a great prophecy, is it? 33 years later, Mary is standing at the foot of the cross as they take the lifeless body of her baby off that cross. But had it not been for that cross, we would not be here today. And I'm telling you, the miracle might look different. But if you'll commit it to the Lord and believe what he has spoken over you, and if you'll carry it in a worthy manner, here's the good news. God will complete it. He will complete it. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now as I close, let me close with one more observation about this story especially Mary. As I'm developing this message, I'm thinking in of myself, man, this is, God, this is good stuff. This is good stuff, the whole pregnancy thing with moms, and man, this is, this is some good, good things you're showing me here. And I'm developing this message, and, and, and I, I'm, I'll be honest, you know, the conception of the miracle, the, the caring of the miracle, the completion of the miracle, God, this is, this is good stuff. But this thought hits me. The word says that Mary was pure. God, I'm, I'm not pure. <laughs> I'm not pure. Right. And then the Bible, 
This scripture is dropped on me by the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Check it out. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be conceived. Fornicators, adulterers, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortionists, those guys will not inherit the kingdom, straight from the word of God will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I got bad news for you. I made the list like three times. Okay, four. Now I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, man, I'm in trouble. But thank God that the scripture does not end there. Thank God the very next verse. And such were some of you. Ha <laughs> ha. And such were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord, our Jesus, in the spirit of our God. That's who I was, it's not who I am. It's who I used to be, it's not who I am, and it's not who who I'm going to be. I may have made the list one, two, three, four times. You may have made five, six, however many times you made the list there, it's okay because if we've invited Jesus into our heart, if we've conceived the miracle of Jesus Christ in our life, we've been washed, we've been justified, we've been sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. If you're excited about being washed in the blood, if you're excited about being saved by the blood, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now because of that, I'm qualified to be a miracle carrier. I'm qualified to be a miracle, to be someone who a miracle is conceived in their life, is carried through their life, and is delivered in their life. As a matter of fact, Paul uses the exact same word for Mary. Speaking to believers in 2 Corinthians 11, he says this, Paul to believers, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed or engaged you to one husband. Who is that husband? Jesus Christ, that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. Just as pure as Mary was, Jesus Christ's blood has made me pure. Oh, come on, somebody. Has made me pure. And because of grace, I am qualified, and you are qualified to carry this word to the world. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Thank you, Jesus. This is good stuff. I'm going to buy my own CD, listen to it this afternoon. You've been qualified through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. This morning. Maybe you're here today and you have yet to let God conceive a miracle of eternal life in your life. Well, this is your day. No better way to start off December 2018 than letting God conceive a miracle in your heart, the miracle of salvation. And maybe we're here and maybe many of us have already, uh, that, that miracle has been conceived in our life. We've gave our life to Christ. That's awesome. Let's walk worthy of that calling. Let's be carriers of that miracle. And let's let our light shine with that miracle. Because if we will let that miracle be conceived and we'll carry it, God will complete it. Yes, he will. God will complete it. Yes, he will. 
Let's, maybe it's not even salvation. Maybe there's been a word that's been conceived in your life. God's spoken a word over your life. So that's what God did to Mary. He just spoke the word over her life, and she became with child. And maybe God spoke a word over you. But circumstances and situations have just seemed to shatter that word in your life today. Maybe there's despair and there's just a lot of things going on in your life right now where that word seems farther away than it's ever been. Let him bring that word back to life in you. Let him bring that word back to the forefront of your heart today. And let that word begin brand new in your life. Amen? Hey, go ahead and stand your feet with me this morning.